Extra, extra, read all about it. Superman destroys nukes, dates multiple women at once, and fights the newfangled calculator. Read about it in the evening edition of the Daily Planet. Just remember, I made you. Yeah, you're just an experiment, Freako. <laughs> What's that? Oh, no. I'm an experiment. I'm Freako. There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome back to Exceptionally Bad. This is Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. I'm Brant. And I'm Danny. How's everyone doing? It's good to be back. Yeah. Is everyone recovered from last, from poltergeist, nightmares? You had I'm to sleeping do a lot, again. Uh, a lot of laundry. <laughs> Carol Ann. Carol Ann. It's like she's looking over my shoulder the whole time. <laughs> I, I saw a video where someone took... Um, uh, Oh, do you guys know who Stephen He is on YouTube? I don't. So nope. he's an Asian guy that uh, makes YouTube videos where he, he has a character that's his own dad, but it's like an immigrant from China. Okay. But uh, one of the things you've probably seen where where you see the guy saying emotional damage. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's that guy. Okay. So someone took their Tesla and they put that as so the they programmed their car so when they honk the horn it goes huh, and then it goes emotional damage <laughs> so i think that i would do that with uh carol ann oh yeah <laughs> if I could. that's a little too passive for <laughs> come to the light come to the light the light is red <laughs> i'm staying away from everything reflective Oh, man. <laughs> Don't run the light, so you can just program the right. <laughs> Nice. Well, what have we been up to lately? I know we've all went and saw uh, the new Sandra Bullock movie, uh, The Lost City. What did you guys yeah. think? Which, oh my gosh, like based on the trailers, I was like, okay, whatever, it might be fun for some popcorn. I freaking love that movie. Yeah, it, was it was so good, so funny, and totally not what I expected. It came so, out of nowhere. Yeah. So funny. It kind of exceeded my quota for penis jokes. Oh yeah, it was and right so- in like the sweet spot for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't yeah, remember so- that, but I do remember. Oh, oh I guess I guess there you was don't that. remember the Lost City of D. <laughs> I, you're right. You're right. I was just thinking how funny Brad Pitt was the in the leeches. movie. He was the Fred Willard of that movie. He oh stole he the whole. So he was. <clears throat> and he wasn't even in it for. Well, all don't of spoil it. it. I mean, he was he in it for exactly the right amount of time. Yeah, yeah he was. I, yeah. I, I, I could have seen. I, well, so let me let me say, it served the purpose of the film, right? I think he would have walked away with the entire movie if he was in it longer. Yeah, I think his per right. his part was perfect. I think Honestly, 
when he was on it and he was so good, I was like, let's ditch Sandy B and this is going to be the adventure of <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt oh, yeah, and totally. Channing Tatum. Yes. And that that I would watch great, that. That would have been an awesome like buddy adventure movie. If there's a second one or a spinoff, I absolutely will watch that movie. It was fun. It was so fun. Speaking of Brad Pitt, did you guys see the trailer for Bullet Train? I didn't. No. You know, after you mentioned it to me the other day, I did watch it, and uh, that looks so it looks funny, like a lot of what fun. Is it? What kind yeah, of movie? It I looks seen it. so good. It looks better than what th- this movie was. So really? he's some sort of like special agent guy. So you know how he has the over the top like spy moves in this movie. It's oh, yeah. like that. But so he's he's got to either deliver this package or find this package, and he's and it takes place on the bullet train. Oh, wait, I have It's in Japan, train. right? In, yeah, in oh, Japan. Okay. Yeah, in Tokyo or something. It's supposed to be like, he's supposed to like pick up a package and then... But a ton of other still, people it, on the, on the train looks, are after it, and it, it looks like a lot of fun. Yes. And the whole thing takes looks, place on a train. It looks really fun. It That's looks, cool. Yeah. Okay, I do remember that now you say it. Yeah. And there was something you wanted to see that looked good. Brant, didn't you mention you wanted to... I don't even remember. Yeah, that. it was the... Nicholas Cage movie. Oh, <clears throat> yes. Um, what is what is the name of that movie? It is the unbearable bearable weight, weight of, of greatness of massive talent. Massive talent. The unbearable with weight Cage. of massive talent. So, <laughs> I've seen a couple trailers for that, and it looks awesome. Right? It looks like it plays perfectly into Nicholas Cage's. Well, he house. plays himself, right? He yes. plays yeah. himself. Obviously. Yeah, it's himself playing himself, who was aware of himself playing himself. It, right. It's yeah. this weird, like, it's not even fourth wall. It's just, I don't know. And he, apparently he didn't even want to do it. <laughs> yeah. It looks hilarious, he didn't want to be part though. of it. It's gotten really good reviews in it. Really? Yeah. 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 It, it looks really the good. The trailer looks fun. Yeah, so. it does. Looking forward to seeing that. So there's some good stuff coming out. Yeah. He's, a, he's like a friend of the show. Because I'm, really sh- I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did read an, an article about the Wicker Man again recently uh-huh. because he's been doing a lot of interviews. And he said, and this is, we kind of cu- covered this in our episode on the Wicker Man. But he said that, again, this was an intentional comedy. And we're just, you know, we're just not buying it. Right. But what? Wicker Man the was Wicker intentionally... Man. Yes, nope. was intentionally a comedy. <laughs> he is full of crap. That's revisionist history. Wow. I just don't... Yeah. I, you know, then, so, uh, then make it the right way. It, I would say, well, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he succeeded, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of failures, what's our movie for tonight? Does anyone want to <laughs> transition into what we're talking about? Yeah. We're watching, uh, we watched Superman for The Quest for Peace. The Quest for Peace. Yes, from 1987. And Financial Solvency for Golan and Globus. Yeah, yeah, so this is kind of a follow up to a couple of our previous episodes. The search for Break Even. Uh, we did watch Supergirl, <laughs> I believe, in season one, yep. which uh, was one of my favorites. And this one comes right after. So in chronological order and the way they came out, Superman in the movie, Superman 2, Superman 3, Supergirl, and then Superman 4, The right. Quest for Peace. And we also had an episode where we talked about uh, the canon group. Uh, that was in the Masters of the Universe episode. Masters yeah. of the Universe and Over the Top. Yeah. But mostly tied in with Masters of the Universe because that came out the same year right before this one. Right. So... Just really briefly, Ben, what, what what happened? So, I mean, what it comes down to is Canon Group made their, like, their name by doing uh, low-budget, mostly action 
films, mostly sequels. I mean, they did do some things like the Delta Force and things that kind of had their own little franchise, but um, they were they didn't have they they didn't have the money that they told everyone they had, and they weren't even able to pay for the films they were making. Finally, uh, news was getting out that they were going under, and they decided, hey, now's the time to get a whole bunch of money and make some not low-budget movies, make some bigger-budget movies. And so they uh, bet everything on three films, uh, which this is the third of the three films that uh, we have seen them. So it was Over the Top, um, Masters of the Universe, and then Superman Four. Yeah. The Quest for Peace, and they were zero for three. Yeah, kind of on <laughs> life support. Yeah, uh, it's always interesting to to me that Superman four they have it in Roman numerals, so it's IV, and I always feel like Superman's <laughs> got an IV drip going on because he's just not he's not going anywhere. So, just a real brief background oh, story man. on how this movie came about. So, um. Christopher Reeve does Superman 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Um, after 3, he kind of starts to feel like he wants to do other things. He doesn't want to be typecast. doesn't want to be typecast. They, they had Superman. plans for him to be in Supergirl, right? Yeah. He backs out a, about a month before it's to go into production. So he kind of distances himself. Uh, Supergirl does not do well. Uh, Superman 3 does okay. But um, the Salkins realized after Supergirl that they had plans for a Superman 4. They had a script with um, some really cool things. I think Brainiac and yeah. anyway, just really cool ideas. But they decide, you know what? The the franchise is kind of waning. We're going to – they they ultimately decide – I believe they also make another movie that loses money. I can't remember what it was. But – they decide, you know what? We're going to just back out of this and sell the rights to Superman. Yeah. So they sell the rights and the Cannon Group, I guess, gets it. Yeah. And um, Christopher Reeve decides that he'll come back, but he kind of wants to have some story over the, the script. And he kind of wants to have a message to the story, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a moment. And um, the Salkins had kind of burnt some bridges. I, I was telling everyone before that we watched the movie tonight. Um, after Superman, the first one came out, Richard Donner had shot most of Superman he, two in, at the same time as the first one. About so he 70%. directed the first two. He did. He directed the first two, but they were running out of time to, they needed to get the first one in the theaters to make some money so they could finish up Superman two. So Superman, the movie does really well. They decide, hey, we're going to just finish Superman 2 on the cheap. We're going to get rid of Richard Donner. We're going to hire Richard Lester uh, to finish the movie. And that really kind of burns some bridges for a lot of the cast. Yeah. Like Gene Hackman doesn't come back for any reshoots for Superman 2. He says, nope, sorry. Uh, and... They, the Salkins also have a falling out with, with uh, Margot Kidder. Uh-huh. And you'll notice in Superman 3, they decide we're going to go with the Lana Lang uh, thing and we're going to kind of put Margot Kidder in a couple scenes, but she's really not going to be in this movie at all. And we're going to kind of phase her out and we're going to have a different love interest, which yeah. makes the story a little, you know, <laughs> makes the franchise a little bit more interesting. You're kind of going somewhere else, but 
they're at the same time they're having problems with the cast and whatnot. So by the time they're out of the picture, the Salkins, the a lot of the the cast, Gene Hackman decides, okay, you know, Christopher Reeve wants to do this movie. He asks me, you know, we're ask, buddies. We're buddies. Gene yeah. Hackman decides, hey, I'll I'll do this uh, as a favor to Chris. Yeah. And, you know, every, pretty much everyone comes back uh, with a couple of, of exceptions from the first two movies. Uh, but uh, they, they all do this because Christopher Reeve really wants to make this movie, yeah. make a message, and it's the quest for peace. Mm-hmm. So who would like to recap really briefly, since I'm not good at <laughs> recapping stories, but what's the premise, overall premise of this movie? I'll, I'll take a stab. So... Um... It's the 80s, and, uh, you know, nuclear war is on everybody's minds yep. um, at the time and also in the movie. And it's the um, arms race, <clears throat> yeah. Right. Um, there's a couple um, news reports showing that, oh, you know, we're, we're getting toward the edge of humanity because nuclear war is going to wipe us all out. Some random kid by the name of Jeremy gets sad and writes a letter to Superman that for some reason is delivered to the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Daily, Daily uh, Planet. Or sorry, Planet. Daily Planet. Wrong universe. Yes. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Clark gets it. He he has a change of Peter mind. Peter Parker gets it for some reason. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this Superman? I watched that movie. Um, and, and he decides, he convinces all of the world's leaders, hey, uh, I'm going to denuke the, the world. Yeah. So everybody shoot your nukes up into the space. I'll collect them in a giant space <laughs> nuclear net and fling it into the sun. Yep. Somehow everybody on Earth is like, yep, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And nobody relents. Everybody's like, yep, we're going to shoot our nukes into space. Um, so that happens. Meanwhile, Gene Hackman, uh, Lex, Lex Luthor, Luthor, has yep. escaped from prison once again. Um, you think they'd do a better job of securing him right but uh he's just in a random rock <laughs> quarry all... with two random guards yeah um anyways so he breaks out he has this genius idea to say okay i'm going to get some dna from superman and there is a strand of his hair in a museum they grab the hair he's going to clone superman by firing genetic material into the sun um and and create a a a superhero to counter superman hijinks ensue nuclear man is born nuclear man sorry nuclear sorry george w bush um and lex Lex luthor yeah um they fight somehow uh nuclear man can scratch Superman and take away because, his powers. Well, because he's the same DNA. Something like so that. that. Yeah. He can break I know his when skin. I scratch myself, I get old and right. I get decrepit. <laughs> um, and so Superman gets ill. That's why you don't have kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Superman defeats Nuclear Man and the world is a better place. Overlaid on top of that is a whole bunch of stuff happening at the Daily Planet. Yeah. Where it gets purchased, there's a new woman on the scene, there's kind of back she and forth. She likes Clark. Ultimately, that doesn't matter, yeah. nobody really cares, but that's Lace, kind of the story. Lacey yeah. Warfield, played by Mariel Hemingway, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the pretty story. much it, yeah. 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 Thank job. you for that recap, that's good. 
this movie, I learned a lot about. Uh, I learned some new powers that Superman has. <laughs> so and did I we wanted all. to kind of get your guys's take on these new powers that I had never known about before. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what kind of powers are you talking about? Uh, well, one of his powers I learned, uh, this is a new one to me. He's got date rape lips. <laughs> that's um, right. Roofy lips, which, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah. Which I didn't know. I mean, yeah. that seems like a dangerous power to have, but um, he has, there is precedent and, yeah, in Superman two. Yeah, I obviously though we didn't that see that he yeah, frequently uses this power. <laughs> yeah, um, because he yeah he uses it to kiss Lois Lane. I think she, that's the only person. Let me just tell you that that scene was really creepy because he's like Clark Kent. He's all mopey. Yeah, and, and he's like, oh, he's supposed to go on a like to a a reporter's gala event or something, right? Yeah. Gala with her, um, and he invited her. She shows up, she's all dressed, and he's not, and he's like, oh, I'm not feeling great. This is after okay the note from go. Jeremy, and That's he's right. watching the nuclear he's news. He's stressed out yeah. about he's stressed about the, the nuclear, thing, he's thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. He's like, the arms race. come here, Lois, and he takes her hand, and they go out, on, he's like, I need some fresh air, and they go out onto the roof, and he she's like, what are you off. doing? And then he jumps off with her, pulls yeah. her off, and she's like, no, Clark, don't! And then he turns into Superman, takes her on a flight around the country... And at one point, drops her on purpose. Well, there wasn't so much drop. Is it like he kind of he like kind of nudged her. her? It looked like he, like a super toss. <laughs> and he let her fall for a while before reaching, going yeah. and grabbing her. Always a jokester. And then he comes and they land back on his roof. And then he kisses her and she forgets the whole thing. And it's like, oh my gosh, how often does he do this to her? <laughs> that's that's what we were thinking. It was like, how many dates has Lois Lane been on? She's like... She's talking to a therapist. And she's like, I don't know, Doc. Like, I'm just losing, like, hours of my life at a time. What is happening to me? I'm going crazy. I wake up, and I've just got just these kisses all over me. And I, they they I, did fly all the way to San Francisco. That's and, right. Uh, from so it, was, it must have yeah. been hours. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Poor Lois, man. Can you imagine that? Well, we know that he can fly back in time. That's right. Right. And so he just flies back in time because oh, so she never loses any time. So they still end up going to because he he breezes in and now he's wearing his white penguin suit. And, that's right. And uh, that's two Batman references like in the same conversation. Wow. <laughs> so there are some weird things about that in this movie, right? Yeah. There's some things like so they go and fly together and it's just like it's it's reliving that same sequence in the very first movie, but then it's also giving the the setup that he kisses her and she forgets yeah and yeah you you are kind of like remembering the good times in the first two movies but then you are also wondering does he do this every day right right, <laughs> <laughs> right? How, honestly how the, is he doing this the way he went about it it did seem like oh this was like a regular thing i toss her off the building right. <laughs> i go down I catch her. I have some fun, like a cat and a mouse, you know, just kind of tossing her around the air. <laughs> yeah. So, just, and then I kiss her at the end, and yeah. All so, good. Uh, back to the tossing around like a cat thing. Let's let's explain this. Kiss and tail. So when kiss they're flying around, <laughs> yes. he 
tends to drop her or let go on purpose uh, from time to time. <laughs> the first time it was kind of romantic. He's like looking at her like, Hey, and there's like a, they're locking they're eyes. Holding and he's hands, like, he's like, I've never he lets understood go for a the sec, physics of that. And she's kind of like, Oh, look at me. I'm flying on my own. So it was a little bit of a different thing. Like in the first movie. In yeah, the first the, one. That's what yeah, I'm saying. The yeah, first one, romantic, this yes. time was not that. Though. No, it was not. How, how was it? It was more of like, they were flying side by side and he literally just kind of went, <laughs> he chucks <laughs> her forward. Like, and she's she like term screaming the kids and, and she's like swimming over in the like air the Alpine. Like to, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, okay. I'll tell you that I, I half expected, um, what's his name, Jimmy? Jimmy, the, yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen to walk into the office and say, guys, I don't know what happened to the last half hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly. <laughs> Clark, Clark just, be like, I don't know. And then he wipes his mouth. And then it's You guys are creepy. so wrong. Okay. Clark's so just I, sleeping I, his way through Metropolis. <laughs> He's gonna head to Gotham well, soon. And also can you imagine being uh, being in any of the apartments below Clark's well, where just yeah. regularly he just sees some poor People lady just, just tossed off the building? Yeah. <laughs> Like Superman's over here a lot. I gotta move. <laughs> I think we're gonna get sued by Warner Brothers. So, well, have you guys uh, seen or read the Injustice? No, DC Comics. I've, uh, I've played the game. <laughs> so we joked about how Superman's a villain in this. Remember yeah. during that scene, I was like, oh, yeah. he throws her and he's laughing. And he's like, I'm a god on this planet, <laughs> right? And so, um, <laughs> so basically, in Injustice. Um, the Joker, I can't remember if he kills Lois Lane or mm. he tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane. Okay. And then Superman goes off the deep end and right. he basically rules like a god. Right. And, ba- and Batman and everybody else have to kind of team up to take him down. Yeah. It's kind and, of Batman versus Superman. Yeah. The movie kind but of much, that it, way. But even yeah. though it's a cartoon movie, much better than yeah. Batman versus Superman. And it is a bloodbath in terms of like oh, people wow. who die. Yeah. Like, Everyone, <laughs> like the Flash dies, and the, no one even mentions it. <laughs> but like, so there's precedent that this is this is maybe the inspiration for Injustice. You know, Superman is this pocket villain, right? Kind of, kind of like the mom in uh, in Over the Top. Yeah. So let's talk about some of his other powers that were right. weird. I mean, we made oh. a lot of fun of Supergirl for her green thumb beams yeah growing flowers um, with her eye beams i mean superman also has a overcooked duck beam yeah. he also he has a rebuild which, great wall beam yeah which he can do it through like yeah, a door so right. we know he's got the laser beam <laughs> eyes but right. he did this through a door without hurting the door yeah and, a- and the, oven. the duck yeah, yeah. just in yeah. the oven do you think that he just persuaded the oven <laughs> <laughs> well there's what happened is he actually just walked into the other room, turned the heat up, and then came back and kissed Lois. Yeah. <laughs> Super fast. That happened he off screen. All of us. That's actually a secret yeah. power. He has no powers. He, he just he kissed the cameraman, and so through the cameraman, we forgot about that. Well, the the first scene uh, that we see him, uh, he's back at his parents, the Kent's farm. Yeah. You know, he's getting this last crystal out of his um the the pod there. Yeah, his spaceship pod. Yeah. The spaceship pod in the, in the barn. He he takes that out. It's the last. You know, it's the voice says, "It's if you take this out, we'll we'll be quiet forever. <laughs> Which, <laughs> we won't. You won't be able to hear us anymore." And, and, Which was and a so, lie. <laughs> he, he takes it out and puts it in his pocket, and then he wants to get rid of the pot. Someone's coming, and he wants oh, to get right. rid of the pod. And instead of using his <laughs> heat right. vision, he, he like, doesn't grunts. He, he kind of stares at it. 
and he like dissolves it. He kind of squats down and or, stares at it. I don't it, know right? what he does. So for a second, I thought it was like, I thought he was just watching it naturally dissolve. But he was no. in a weird pose. That's yes. what I thought. And then like he made a noise and there was some kind of effect. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm going to use my, Thought I don't know, power? destroy my childhood so, pod beam. Yeah. So you know how yeah. he'll blow like, and people will either go flying or he'll freeze right, yeah. things. Yeah. So maybe it's you know like more like a duck sound or something, and that means to dissolve. So we go <laughs> okay. But I think and ultimately then, <laughs> all he was doing was making it invisible, and that's what I thought too. I don't know. Well, he goes back it, to it, it later. Like it dissolved. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. Was, yeah. When he, he goes back no, to it later, he just gets it out of his. No, he gets it out of his jacket. No, no, no. no. After he puts on his Norman Bates outfit, he gets it out of his jacket <laughs> and he cuddles it because. His his mom lied because she starts talking to him again. She does start talking to him again. His it's his mother. She's talking. And then there's the disembodied heads in the. Um, what is Superman's mother's name? I think it's Uh, Laurel, isn't it? Is uh, it Laurel? Kalel and uh, Jorel is her name. His dad's name. I feel like it starts with a Z. Let me look. Zappel. Yeah. Lapel. You know what? We'll, we'll find out right after these words, and we'll be right back. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we fig- figured out what Superman's mom's name is. It's Lara yeah. L, or Lara. Yeah. Um, and why were we talking about her? She because keeps, she was just talking lied. to him, and yeah, we were. She was in the glow stick of power. So and he yes. was wearing her clothes, I think. So, That's right. So what other superpowers were really she was different or new? That, that So there was... The Great Wall of China. There was the Great Wall of China. What happened there? So, okay, so... Uh, nuclear radiation man. man. Sorry, Nuclear Man blasted the Great Wall of China. Okay, just, Danny, you can't laugh through the entire podcast, okay? <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> That noise in the background, that's Danny. He's hiding his Nate, face in his shirt. Nate said he puts on his mom's clothes when he wants to talk to her. Psycho's an influential movie. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that's 55 seconds. It's all, it's, it's all good. No, I think this is staying in, Danny. It's all good. Sorry, I'm coughing all over. Um, So anyways, Nuclear Man blasts a hole in the Great Wall of China, which I will point out, everybody on the Great Wall of China looked like they came out of some touristy England little town. Yeah, there was no Chinese people. It was actually Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Anyways, Superman um, saves the one person who falls off the Great Wall of China, lifts him back up, and then he kind of stands back about 50 yards and just shoots blue beams at the Great Wall of China. And all of the stones go back the into the Great Wall of China in reverse up. power. Yeah. Oh, it's like yep. a rewind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we called it a stop motion beam. It's the B-Kind rewind beam. Yeah. <laughs> his blockbuster beam. <laughs> He's not paying any fees. <laughs> he wouldn't have to anyways. He would return it late. They'd wipe out the fee and then he'd just he'd kiss, kiss the person at the front. <laughs> Oh, checking out Superman or Supergirl again? Great. <laughs> so that's the thing is, is so this movie, I mean, the special effects mm-hmm. are kind of... They're so bad. Yeah, let's oh, talk about those a little special. bit. They're special. Yeah. <laughs> they're not super powered. Mm-mm. So, we, um, I mean, we do need to say, like, this is pre-digital. 
effects and stuff like that. But it is post Superman one, two, and three. Absolutely. And no, Supergirl. absolutely, absolutely. And, so, and Supergirl. Supergirl. I do want to give it a little bit of credit, right? <laughs> it's like it is the green screen era, right? Mm-hmm. But even with that, like, um, there were so many scenes where, like, Superman, let's say, is just moving from right to left on the screen. But the back plate behind it is like straight on, yeah. so it's like he's coming across the the screen. The camera movement, the background movement, right? But everything else, the parallax like completely is never correct. Yeah. Yes, um, it was super weird. Um, it was weird. We also noticed at the, like even in the opening credits, mm-hmm. right? The, as the the second rate, you know, uh, title cards are flying in, the it's coming in over the the planet Earth, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we noticed. That it wasn't, it looked like the earth was moving, right? But really what was happening is they were just changing the earth, like every two just cars. cross-fading so it, it was to just a super different weird. angle of earth. Yeah. For no reason. Um, uh, the other thing about like the green screen and the blue screen, um, it didn't look like they were masked There was very no well. blue screen. It was all green screen because everything was tinted green. Yeah. Well, the only reason yeah. I say that is because like, there were a couple times where it looked bluish. So oh, I don't no. know if it was just colored weird or what. So... Ben or Bracket Superman goes to Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Will you guys explain the process of like green screen and masking? Because I mean, I I think we all know that term, but I don't think we fully understand like what the actual mechanical thing is that happens to make that effects work. The basically, Mm -hmm. uh, you film the actor in front of a screen that is green. Uh, Modern day, they also use blue oftentimes, but everybody calls it green screen. So, uh, you have the actor. And this would have been green screen because yeah. Superman doesn't have green on him. Right. That's right. Yeah. Good call. So yes. it, would have, it wouldn't have been a blue screen. That's sure. right. Because right. it yeah. would have erased him. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> We've seen like the <laughs> weatherman. That's, that's right, what they the use. They use a green yeah. screen. And if... it makes it easy because there's nothing else there but green behind him. You can just erase all of the green. Um, and then all that's left is the actor. And then you can put whatever you want where the green used to be. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, and that's called compositing, mm-hmm. where you st- stack the different layers together. The compositing on this was so bad. There was green uh, bleeding, that's what we call it, mm-hmm. is where like the... So, uh, this is... I don't want to get too scientific nerdy. This is kind of what I do. But the... Uh, when lights hit the walls or the surfaces around you or even your clothing, the color that of your clothing reflects back onto your face. So if you're wearing a bright yellow shirt, it's always going to look like you have bright yellow on your like mm. under your chin and stuff like that. Well, one of the problems with a green screen is the actor is front of a green screen. Lights are bouncing off of those green screen and that green light is reflecting onto them. And when you cut them out and you're not seeing the green around them, you see that green light reflecting on them. So every time we saw Superman flying, he looked really flat and feathered, feathered. Yep. And always like he was tinted green. And the lights were definitely off. Yes. It wasn't matched well with the, the background. Mm-hmm. I thought the all. feathering was just the 80s. <laughs> and it wasn't there just were times where you could see the little edge of green all around him yeah. because they didn't rotoscope him perfectly. There were also a few scenes where um, they must have used some kind of uh, computer 
to help them with this process. Because one of the things that happens nowadays is it's all done with computers. And what they do is in order to not get that little green line that traces all around them, they kind of cut a little bit into the actor a little bit, just a mm-hmm. pixel or two. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times like uh, the part where Superman loses his cape and he's flying off into space and his arms and legs are so little skinny that they cut too much away. So it's like his foot is there and his thigh is there, but his calf is missing because it just gets cut away completely. Um, that that was sloppy rotoscoping. I don't know if anyone else notices it, but it's the kind of thing that I look at that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just a bad filter. Hmm. It's anyway. It was yeah, it was it, it was very poorly done, very noticeable. And yeah. this is at a time, uh, I mean, come on, Star Wars came out almost a decade before this, and Star Wars did it better. Um, I mean, right. they mastered it, and it's like there's no excuse for this bad rotoscoping. Well, at this the time. excuse this time is is, is the budget. Uh, so th- well, this yeah, is kind of that, that is the yeah. excuse. we're, we're going to kind of get into Lopez, that. Is right? that so you have the no Canon group? How many excuses they. I can make. <laughs> They were going to do this movie for a much bigger budget than what they ended up doing, right? Yeah. So they kind Which of... Which is always the story with these guys, with Kenny. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of promised Christopher Reeve that they w- that he would do this movie if he got to do his pet project, which was a movie called Street Smart. And he was really wanting to do that. So uh, in order to do the... He said, you know, I'll do this movie and... He also had some control over the story, and so he felt like it was going to go in the right direction. But the budget ended up being uh, $17 million. So yeah. I read it. It was originally 30 is when they started the project. Wow, that's uh, and cut it, your budget in half while yeah, you're making it. In yeah, perspective, terrible. do you remember Supergirl? Do you remember what the budget for that was? I don't. I want to say 12. It was 30, 35, 30, I believe. Oh, wow. 30 oh, or 35. And this was supposed to be their big budget push, right? And they did, oh man. So you can can think, okay, this was half the budget of of Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah. It really shows. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting about this movie, there were a lot of story points where we felt like the stuff was missing, right? <laughs> so my understanding from what I read is that this movie was actually, we read, we watched it an hour and 30 minutes, that there was actually 40 more minutes of footage that they test screened for an audience in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. after the really bad reviews or bad um, testing, they decided to cut 40 minutes from the movie. Oh, man. So this movie is just cut down to an hour and 30 minutes and it probably made a little bit more sense watching it, but <laughs> there was a big push. You know, luckily we, we didn't have to have to go through that and, right, and watch yeah, yeah. those extra forty minutes. But um, Superman two, there's there was a big push uh, about a decade or so ago to get the the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, which they did. Right. And I guess there's still a few people out there. I'm not sure who they are. I mean, you could write us, let us know who you are that really want both the, of them will write in the director's yes. cut of Superman for the quest for peace. Do you want me to tell you what it is? <laughs> sure. Superman actually comes up with the very first Bumble app. Um, so it's just a dating service. He calls in and Clark Kent literally just dates most of New York. He reveals himself as Superman in every case. 
gives him a little good night kiss and then disappears. So for 40 minutes, that's what we see. It's just him kind of like getting out on the town. You know, it's a little bit of a rom-com for a bit. Um, so they just, there was 40 minutes right in the middle. They just cut right out. And then everything else is fine. And thematically and plot-wise, stitches together perfectly. Yeah, you know, you joke about that, but there was a good 15 minutes of this movie. There really was. Where there were, this was a Three's Company episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, where they're, you know, where he's trying to be with if you if you ever watched you know three's company from the 70s but jack uh john ritter you know dating two people at the same time and running from one date the other and it just that was what clark kent was doing in this Superman was supposed to be in one place, Clark Kent in another place. Yes. With different women. A double well on double date date, basically with Lois Lane and uh Warfield uh Mariel Hemingway yeah uh, at the same time. And yeah. did, did it work? No. <laughs> no. It went on no. for far too long. So this is the interesting thing, because you were talking about they cut out 40 minutes. And usually when you cut out, when you trim down a movie, you find things that you can just shorten, like his flight with um, Lois Lois at the beginning. They could, he could have cut that. They could have cut that in half. They would have saved three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this whole thing, this... Uh, the date double scene. date scene yeah. they could have cut it in half and saved another 10 minutes you know instead it's like they just took 40 minutes out of the story lopped it right out of the middle and so it jumps and we miss 40 minutes of explain or 40 like minutes of story yeah and it goes from one moment to the next and it's like shocking and what the heck just happened what would you say the worst instance of that was like so, i have my own thought i was hoping for when he it would show the scenes when he terrorizes Jeremy for putting him in such an awkward <laughs> There were two things that that kind of like were shocking to me. The first was when it goes from uh, Clark Kent who's sick, he's got a fever and stuff to uh, Clark Kent psycho in his mom's robe yeah. and his well, hair's all falling hair. out yeah. and stuff yeah. and he looks like he's really old. And then the very next scene Superman is there and all perfectly healthy and everything. That those three scenes are juxtaposed, and I'm like, "What the heck just happened there?" Yeah. There's yeah. no explanation as to what caused any of that. Well, and, I and mean, to, to tack onto that is also the thing how Nuclear Man is trying. He's like, "Oh, I'm super in love with Lacey. Right. I'm going to go find there." And somehow Superman knows that. Yeah, has cured himself of his geriatric age. I don't know. He flew around the world. <laughs> from what i read uh of the 40 minutes they also cut so nuclear man was not the first clone of superman this was the second iteration of this clone process that lex luther does that there was another uh initial clone that was more like bizarro he kind of looked more like um christopher reeve probably something similar to christopher reeve with when he's on the weird kryptonite in superman 3 he's kind of fighting himself i think they probably had something like that from what i understand the clone was superman but he had like a red suit with a blue s on it <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. don't know i saw brant showed me a picture i thought yeah, he so, looked like uh so gozer from, i'm gonna show you guys again yeah he looks like is gozer it, is from it, the is end it of christopher reeve or no, no i don't no. know what it is it's some know. dude he just looks like some bum with some with spiky, spiky hair. hair yeah he looks a little bit like uncle festus if you yeah, like Fester. put a wig on uncle fester sorry if you put a wig on him yeah uh, i don't look like andy Serkis. i can see that's kind of like weird, bizarro but it's not doesn't look like superman's suit no, at all no, it doesn't. it's just a black suit yeah. or yeah and then weird hair 
Interesting. I, I, I don't know what the original oh, stuff that was really probably the dance number cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that kind of leaves me kind of wanting a little bit, I mentioned this before we started recording, is that Superman 3 ends where uh, Lana Lang is come to Metropolis. She's there at the Daily Planet. And there's kind of, you're kind of left open to the next movie where there's going to be, you know, is Clark going to pick Lana? Is he going to pick Lois? You know, are they going to be both kind of jealous or what's what's the story there? And he's given her a ring, like they're engaged. Yeah. And in this, we pick back up after Supergirl, you know, the movie and all that. We pick back up and Lana is nowhere to be seen. Nope. We don't know what's happened to her. Uh, and, but Lois is there, so... And then he's kind of, I guess that the replacement for Alana would be this Mariel Hemingway character, yeah. uh, where there's kind of that going on. But um, you don't ever. I don't feel like they're as competitive for Clark's attention because no, Lois one is wants not Clark, and one wants Superman. Yeah, right? Lois wants Superman. She's not interested in Clark. They're just yeah. good friends. Um, and yet, Mariel Hemingway, for whatever reason, is interested in this. Nerd, nerd, guy who's not clumsy and not interesting. So, can I ask a question? Why is Clark entertaining this? Like, he has no reason to do this, and nothing but downside. Right? Like, he's goes decides I'm going to go on a double date as me with two women. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I just don't he understand. Could just say no. You know, he makes so many stupid the, decisions right. in this Maybe. movie. Maybe it was explained and it got cut out. I don't know. So what happened was the plot needed it. <laughs> right. And so they called up Clark and said, look, man, we need we need this amazing, hilarious scene. So you got to go. And he was like, all right, let's do this. I got really sexually harassed by her at work, but, you know, I'll look, <laughs> yeah, past, I'll, I'll, I'll look past that. And, uh, and although, so you just mentioned, like, she likes this nerd guy. But I was like... I felt that was a little bit endearing that someone actually yeah. liked Clark because Clark Kent is just he's a nobody. He, he's such right. a nobody. Yeah, he's a non-entity in Superman. I, well, she says and that she's that all men find her attractive because of her money. Yeah. And well, so think, is it? Is this just a game for her, or is she, she really seemed to really like him, him at least well, later I think, in the, I think the, the film? Yeah, she did. I think her character arc for as much as there is one, right? Yeah, is she goes from being just like her father, snobby, ruthless girl, business yeah. business person. Who's in the business of news and is going to turns into a tabloid, and she sees the value in like journalism, in doing actual journalism, and having like a heart because yeah. she she actually we didn't really talk about this much in our plot synopsis, but she's the one that drives this whole drives Superman into doing this because she's there when Clark gets the the letter right, and she turns it into this big media event. Right. right. Actually, of, no. That's a great point. Kind of forces, basically calls Superman kind of, out. Kind of forces, yeah. And the and the paper prints like Superman says, "Drop dead to to the kid." To the kid. Drop dead, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what he was thinking. But like he, <laughs> he so she, I mean, I I think for her, she comes full circle where she's like the B plot villain, I guess. Yeah. To or plot device to push some things along, and but she has a change of heart, like she. Right. Tells off her yeah. dad towards yeah. the end of the movie. Um, I mean, I'm giving her way more this movie way more credit <laughs> but, than it deserves. But like, <laughs> but really, she is the only character who has any arc 
in this. Mm. Like, True. who changes at all during the film. Yeah. Superman yeah. stays the same. Yeah. Um, S- Lois forgets everything. Yep. Speaking of staying the same, what about Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor? He's always so good as it, Lex yeah. Luthor. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you... I guess he's kind of a mad genius, right? So he doesn't necessarily have to have a reason for the things he does. Right. But mm-hmm. that was one thing. It was just like, what was his... Like, how is he so in the know on all these things when he's working in the rock quarry in the prison? I think the special effects... Mozart. Yeah, the special effects don't really help Nuclear Man too no. much as a villain. But <laughs> I did kind of appreciate the backstory of how Lex Luthor decides, okay, I'm going to clone this hair from S- Superman... And use his his DNA to kind of make this villain that that can this this that can fight him yeah, like the only one who can take him on. Yeah, use Superman's power against him. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, uh, I mean, how does I want an explanation of how Lex Luthor is able to cut Superman's hair to get the oh, DNA? Oh, he has wire cutters. Because so it's really cool. Can't break so his hair. this this hair is holding yeah. up a thousand pound weight. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's in a museum behind you know glass, and it's showing how strong like the, the hair is. Yeah. So I I guess in this storyline, it's really strong, but you're able to cut it. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, so it was it was under a thousand pounds of tension. All you needed was a thousand one. Hold so on, it I, was that was vertical pressure. He came in horizontal pressure. I mean, that's the nerd. Only thing, that's I, the only thing I remembered <laughs> from the movie, like as a kid growing up, was like how it's holding up this thousand pound thing. And he, just, I thought he had scissors. So that, my memory yeah, is he yeah. came in with a pair of scissors, but like he just comes in with those wire cutters and snip, snip. Now he's got. Yeah. I mean, guys, I learned a lot about physics in this movie. Like so many things that I did not know before. Um, Nuclear reactions. If we could, if we could get Bill Nye or you know yeah. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson or something to come here to yeah. explain this to us, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. So and we I've... didn't need it. We had you ruining the movie. That's all through. true. Her skin would fall right off. Yeah, the sun is nine. Uh, the speed they would or... have to go to get there, her clothes would just be gone. They disintegrate. Okay, so, no, but really, what a nerd. I, I do want to make Thanks, sure Bob Roberts. <laughs> I want to make sure that we talk about Nuclear Man, his powers, the fight scenes, mm-hmm. the little like the electricity, electricity and his, his growing nails, his voice. I mean, it so, was so ridiculous. Yeah, so he was played by Mark Pillow, and my understanding is that um, Mark Pillow, did, in addition to this movie, he did uh, two other things: a TV show called Wise Guy. And another TV show called Alaska Kid, and that's really all of his credits. Um, but this superhero, the supervillain, does have some interesting powers, right? Yeah. Um, what does he do with his his? I guess they're, so, they're so, like the precursor so, to Wolverine. Do you guys remember when we watched Troll Two? Yep. <laughs> and everyone's voice was dubbed over. <laughs> yes. Yep. Right. And. His voice was dubbed over. Yeah, we never yes. got to hear the actual actor's voice. That's true. Uh, it's Gene Hackman's voice. For the lines voice, right? that he had. Yeah. But at least, you know, I'm glad that they let us know that we knew that it was Lex Luthor's voice. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, they point that out. There's a reason for Lex it. Lex Luthor is his father because he created him. 
Which right. means Lex must have mixed his DNA with with Superman's DNA. I guess. Little, I, that's a little I think weird. in the comics that's there is. I think true. there is one that. I think in the comics he does create some creature that's hmm. mixed his a mix of their DNA. You think he would have been smarter? But also, it's like Lex Luthor, who's been like Barry Whited, right? Because <laughs> that's true. He has a deeper, well, resonant voice. <laughs> Yeah. So Ben mentioned that he's so he's got a steep voice, but he's also like dumb. really really dumb. Yeah. He does, he does not have Lex Luthor's fighting. intellect, right. right? Okay, or his cunning. Um, but he's got these super long silver fingernails. They retract mm-hmm. a little bit. It's basically yeah. like the story between Scar and Mufasa from The Lion King. One is super buff. <laughs> yep. And the other one is smart and has a brain. Yeah. So you guys remember Sabretooth from the X Men? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. So he has like that from saber- the X Men movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Saber tooth claws. Uh huh. So the way yeah, to... not the Wolverine one with Leave Schreiber, but from the other one the, from the original. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. But yeah. How he had those claws. That's that's yeah. what Nuclear Man has. I yeah. feel like Nuclear Man should have been called Solar. Yeah, man, baby. or solar, solar panel. Baby. He would have been a solar yeah, baby. He <laughs> takes two steps into the house yeah. and then shuts down. Yeah. He's in the shade and he's not getting any power he was anymore. He's not an Energizer Bunny, that's for like, sure. Like a Casio. Right, yeah. So, like, for anybody who grew up in when solar energy was still a thing and consumer Wait. devices. Before the sun went black. So, right. <laughs> in Highlander We still have solar energy before today. We, before we blacked out the sky to stop the AI robots. Um, before no. Mr. Burns put that big thing to block the sun. <laughs> Back when like consumer devices were just starting to get solar powered. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I think everybody remembers is those Casio. Obviously, there were other ones. But yeah. like the, the, the desktop calculator that had the little solar strip. Yeah. And literally, you yeah. put your, your thumb, thumb over, over it, it, and it would go to it would die literally, yeah. like almost immediately. And and that <laughs> that is Casio man. Yeah. He he literally <laughs> like it like his intro. He flies out of the sun yeah. all the way to Earth, flies to Lex Luthor's you know headquarters, and he literally walks two feet to the right into the shade and is like and just like powers down. He has no batteries. Right. Lex is literally like no charge. That's his weakness. Yeah. So of course he needs a weakness. We discovered it. How long would it have taken Nuclear Man to get from the sun to the Earth? Because in that flight he goes from like basically a giant cell yep. and he becomes a fetus yep. and then he becomes a fully clothed man with a cape. Yeah. It was a nuclear reaction. I mean, it's science. So you can't, you don't argue with how it. Long is that, how, long is, how long is that gestation period through through the... It's about seven seconds. Yeah. So yeah. he can, he travels at the speed of, so that's how old he is. He's like less than a minute old when that's he goes right. Right. And, yeah. meets, and meets his father. Yeah. So if Superman kissed him like he would forget he existed. <laughs> That's true. We actually talked actually during, while we were watching the movie. We're like, why didn't Superman just kiss him repeatedly until he goes back to before he was born? And he's just like, oh, I'm just a cell again. What did you guys think about their fights? Their fight scenes. I thought Ben summed it up earlier, well during the movie. But what were your thoughts? I don't remember what I said. About- you said it. It looked like. Uh, it was oh yeah uh, yeah two six year old boys. It was choreographed by Chore- two six year old yeah. boys, and yeah. they're just like, okay, pretend you guys are superheroes and fight. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off the ropes, and I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna body slam you. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and the then ground. I'm on my back. Okay. Oh, uh, oh I'm dead. Oh, the way you're gonna finish me is you're gonna punch me till I go in the ground. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay. 
but then you got to go away and I'm going to break out That's because okay. I'm, I, you can't, you can't defeat me. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm alive still. Okay. But I have a superpower of. I'm going to scratch you, and then you're going to be, like, poisoned, and you're going to be like, ah! No, not fair, not fair, not fair. Mom, he scratched me. <laughs> yes, that, exactly. That's how this plot was developed. Exactly. I did kind of like me. the scene when they... You throw me so far, I hit the moon, like, all that's these, right. like... I kind of liked they, it when he got pounded into the moon, the moon. That and they had the, mu- yeah. they had the music that went along with it every, like, every time oh, we Oh, yeah, well, in. I'm going to push the moon in front of the sun. <laughs> And that's going to take away your whole power. And there's going to be no repercussions. Infinity plus mint. Yeah. <laughs> no, that the Earth will not in the movie. disintegrate. That's yeah. not going to affect any any title patterns at all. Bobby, that's not fair. Oh man, that wasn't the only science that was messed up during that because he grabs <laughs> Lacey. Nuclear man oh, goes man. to Earth, grabs Lacey, and then flies her into space. Like three quarters of the way to the moon. Yeah. And she's like, no, let go of me. And she looks down, and there's the little blue marble down yeah, underneath her. The best part, he, he loses his power, and she's like and hanging she onto his arm. It's like, where are you going to fall? <laughs> you're in space. You're in space. <laughs> Although, you know, in fairness. Oh, man. In fairness. To those of us who have seen... Season one of One Punch Man. Uh-huh. Do you remember when Boros is fighting him and he gets knocked to the moon? Mm-hmm. Saitama, he just plugs his nose. Yeah. Right. And then he's able, then he's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, so there's, there's precedent. <laughs> there is. Maybe, maybe Lacey has like some, some oxygen generation capabilities built into her shoulder pads. I don't know. And vacuum doesn't hurt her. And the coldness of space. Right. I feel like some of that's some of the plot stuff. I think she might have actually been the first clone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's what it is. Maybe she's just a robot. And so oh. that's the whole thing. Oh. No, she can go anywhere near that weird hot tub that was in the apartment. That's oh, right. Yeah. There was just so was much. Was that just... Clark Kent's apartment? The, with the no, hot tub? I think that's, no, I think that's that her no, apartment. No, that was uh, Mariel Hemingway's. Oh, oh it was yeah, Lacey's apartment. It was Lacey's apartment. Because yeah, yeah, she, you know... She, She's got such a romantic view. But wait her. a second. Uh, so she was going out on a date with Clark, but she had um, Lois come over to do an interview with S- Superman, Superman and a, and a cook a duck and cook duck and cook a duck in her apartment. Yes. So what? Ben, I find <laughs> sorry. I have I, sorry. Somebody explain this whole to me. So I have I have found. With this movie, it just does. You just do better if you don't think. Okay. So. Hold on, Ben. I'll make it better. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, hey, whose apartment was that that we were? Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it, okay. It's not critical to the plot. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm always fascinated that the Daily Planet pays the the newspaper people Lois Lane and and Clark Kent enough to where they can afford these nice apartments. In Metropolis, aka New York, uh, with these open patio rooftop courtyards, um, and neighbors just... who never see Superman. I mean, to be fair though, like they, <laughs> I, I, I will give it a little bit of credit because you know, like the first ones, Lois Lane is kind of like a Pulitzer Prize winning level reporter, right? Like she's winning awards for her. You know, reporting on Superman and has exclusive access yeah. to him. It's the same reason why Peter Parker can make money take yeah. shots of spider-man sure. right? well i mean so okay. i think well and superman is from a different era <laughs> right so you've got like william randolph hearst and ed pulitzer that are making a, are just super wealthy so they probably did they probably were well paid 
But at the same time, like, that's a problem in all of film and television. Totally. You, you yeah. Get, you've got the poor person living in the penthouse yeah. suite in New York City. Or any cop yeah. show where the cops live in amazingly, right. like, super furnished whatever <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. I see any show of anybody who's got a regular job and they have a house in San Francisco. I just know that that's... <laughs> I want to meet their nine roommates in the one-bedroom apartment right. that you all share. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the background real quick. But um, just just knowing that um, Christopher Reeve, this was kind of his pet project. Um, they The producers were going to try and get Wes Craven at one point oh, to be the, to the director. Cool. That would have been weird. So uh, the director of this movie was Sidney Fury. He actually did um, a couple movies that you may have heard of before, like Lady Sings the Blues from 1972. Nope. Okay. Um, and then he did the Iron Eagle movies. I know that one. Iron oh, Eagle. Yeah. That one I know. Iron Eagle, Iron, Iron Eagle. Eagle 2, Iron Eagle on the Attack. Uh, those were his main, the, the ones that kind of st- stood out. Those were the original me. Birdemics. Yeah, uh, a different kind of iron eagle flying. Different type of birdemic. Um, but so at one point, Wes Craven, but he had a falling out with uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, and so Christopher Reeve got said, "No, we, I want to get a different director." Uh, he had actually recommended or had suggested Ron Howard uh, direct this movie, and uh, the producers did not get Ron Howard, obviously, but they. Ended up with um, Fury. So, so at this point, what had Ron Howard done? Like, I feel like he was not yet a known director. This, this right? was in '87, so they probably went into production. I think in '86. Uh, and like, I, you I want Richie? Well, like Cocoon. <laughs> no, Cocoon came out oh, in '85, and I think Splash was oh, okay. 1984. So yeah, he had done. So he stuff, had a, yeah. a number of. I always feel hits. like he started later. No, I guess that makes sense. No, I mean Splash was his, his big breakthrough, I would yeah, say. Will but um, in this. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, this just didn't quite come together. I was also gonna. I forgot my train of thought. I was gonna mention something. Other people, the producers. We talked about Golan, uh, Golan Globus. Yeah. Um. So- while you are thinking of it, I will ask you also another question, Bracken. Oh, oh I got okay. it. Oh, go ahead then. Uh, I in in one of their interviews from behind the scenes of the Richard Donner cut, they Richard Donner did say that at one point they came and asked him to direct this, and they, oh they, really? And that he he or also had mentioned, or maybe Richard Lester had said that they had also approached Richard Lester to direct this, but Richard Donner at this point was working on the lethal weapon movies. So mm. he was like, sorry, I've, yeah. I've moved on. Uh, and Richard Lester, I don't know why he backed out. He probably had some other project as well. He was the director for um, Superman three and then for the other, you know, finishing it up Superman two. So, yeah. So here's a question. I was just doing a little research and when this released, it was it, so July 24th, 1987 is when it was released it opened to fourth uh at the box office but it came out at the same time as robocop Mm -hmm. there was a re-release of disney snow white and the seven dwarves uh la bamba and the living daylights and the lost boys all were within a few weeks of this 
Wow. So they're saying like basically by week three, it was like it was forgotten. basically already off the charts. Yeah. Right. Which, wow. you know, <clears throat> it probably wouldn't have fared too much better. Yeah. But I mean, there it was, was a lot of good some stuff stiff competition. Yeah. 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 It was a full summer. Yeah. Rollout. What was your question, question, Danny? So whenever we talk about the Supermans, I always think about Bracken seeing them for the first time because you're a huge Superman fan. And I think I remember you telling us about like the first time you saw Superman and the excitement you had. And um, so do you remember when you saw this one and, you know, how you felt? Was it a disappointment for you then? Um, it, it's funny you, you mentioned this. I do remember seeing the ad for this movie in the newspaper and, and looking at the listings and for whatever reason, I didn't go see it in the theater. Um, I don't know if I just knew that it looked bad. <laughs> I think that's kind of the feeling I got. Um, and the quest for peace, like the whole, I, I don't know. It just didn't sound like it was anything good anymore. So I did watch it at home at some point on video, but not in the theater. Did anybody... So this was my first time seeing this. Did anybody else watch this around the time that I, it came out? I don't... Well, I saw it... I think most likely I probably would have seen it when it came out on VHS. Okay. Because I don't remember seeing it in the theater. Uh-huh. But I definitely saw it because I remembered parts of it. Okay. Um, I also forgot most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Superman on the kiss cam. Uh, I remember seeing Keep it. those lips away from me. <laughs> sometime as, as a kid. I remember, because I remember the haircutting, but I don't think we saw it. I don't think I saw it in the theater either. Okay. Do we, do we want to talk about some of, other, some of uh, kind of getting back to where this kind of started? Nuclear man's powers, right? So he's obviously got his radiation beams, mm-hmm. right? Um, he also has the ability to levitate people with kind of like this blue swirly yeah. lightning stuff. Um, he and spin them around. He's a little inconsistent how his powers are applied because when he first shows up, he's literally just walking across the building and, and he's just he's literally melting where he's standing. Yeah. But then he's interacting regularly with Lex Luthor and not causing him any damage. So I don't know how that plays. Um, and then obviously he's grabbing Lacey and he's doing a bunch of other stuff and it doesn't he's seem to be. Lex Luthor's cigar with his finger. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and then he's got the... I'm just going to call them kryptonite fingernails. Because yeah. I, I can't explain why he can scratch Superman and hurt him. Um, Which is kind of cool, right? I mean, yeah. that one can really hurt Superman. Right. Yeah, but I you'd mean, I, think it to be like... It would, you know, he cuts him and Superman bleeds. Not that it poisons him with yeah. radiation poisoning, right? Or kryptonite poisoning. We've seen in other movies where mm-hmm. kryptonite, uh, and even cartoons and comics and everything, when kryptonite and Superman mix, I mean, he gets sick from it, right? So it's almost yeah. like they are kryptonite, except for they're not kryptonite. Mm-hmm. They're metal. Re- radioactive. You also think it came from the yellow sun that gives Superman his powers. So it right. would make him stronger as yeah. opposed right. to weaker. Right. There's a scene where they're fighting on the moon and he's kind of shooting, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say laser beams, but like red shots. Radiation Sonic punches or something. At him. I, don't I don't know. know Some are. kind of, he shoots out of his hands. Yeah. It's not the same Red kind of animation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not the same as the like lightning fingers. Right. Or anything, but. Um, and then he did that weird tornado move where he kind of like 
drills into a volcano. Uh, yeah. Um, and starts the volcano. Starts the volcano well, and then kind of flies away. And, and he levitates people, too. Like yeah, that's kind of like spins that them. blue yeah. Yeah. Like he took the guy out stuff. of the SWAT truck. Right. He <laughs> yes. spins the SWAT yes. truck and the guy goes flying out of it. Flying and then the group of, the of Mary Poppins-ish guys that's that go right. up in the air. And then Superman uses his... Blu-ray or whatever. It's Blu-ray player. (laughs) (laughs) It's ill-defined because you know it's it's almost like he uses like magic levitation. It was probably the same. I mean, he was kind of doing the same thing that he did when he made the pod disappear. Right? He just kind of looks real hard at it. Yeah. (laughs) What What did you think about his decision in? Blocking the volcano by cutting the top of another mountain <laughs> and then putting it on the top. Uh, okay, so we've established Superman has freeze breath, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay, so it's sidebar here. Hey, hey, hey! That's that's just Superman being so... <laughs> is so stupid in this I movie. Know. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean like the movie's ridiculous. Like, as a hero, he's dumb. He yeah. makes stupid decisions. Dumb like choices. the whole thing, like. I'm going to go on a double date with two people in the same room. Right. Like just all of these stupid decisions and like it, why he thought the logical way to fix a volcano instead of just going and blowing going. Whew, okay. Solved. He chops, takes the time to go chop the top off another mountain, fly it over and hurl it into Upside the mountain down. and then uses his freeze breath just to save one street yeah. that has been run over by lava. Right, and and he's like the, at the end where he's like, "I'm gonna go move the moon," <laughs> right? Like, yeah, right. Move the moon. Why? I'll, I'll tell you the nerd in me, which is most of me. Uh, when I saw that volcano get plugged by yeah. that, I was like, "Wait, a volcano is releasing pressure, and you're just gonna pl- plug it?" it up, yeah, <laughs> and just okay, yeah, that's, that's, not gonna, gonna, that's gonna be not healthy. Gonna, that's not gonna make it worse. Yeah, that's that's right. gonna help. Um, yeah, moving the moon too. That was just so ridiculous, right? Like literally, half of the Earth well, is dark at any time. Like literally, just fly to the other side of the planet. I mean, he, the very ending. He, how does he defeat Nuclear Man? <laughs> he drops him, shuts the lid, he shuts the lid on the reactor. <laughs> I don't understand why drops him in a nuclear reactor. I don't understand the what the problem is here. He puts him in and he closes the lid. So for an analogy, for an analogy, imagine defeating Aquaman by dropping him into a swimming pool and then covering it. That's right. <laughs> That's how Nuclear Man is killed. I don't and see then, any problem with that. And then Luther is like, "How did you defeat him?" And he's like, "Well, I realized that the sun was his power." Yeah, he's oh, he and brings how up does physics. That translate into? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. he was born from exactly. fission. There, so, <laughs> so if I put yeah. him in a fusion reactor, fission. <laughs> there were inconsistencies, right? There's scenes where he gets locked into a like a yeah elevator. an elevator, and he's left on the moon, and yet he has no power. He should be shut he down. He shouldn't be able to oh, see anything because a, he has no access to the light of the sun. The, 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 like a three second thing. So yeah. it, it's really the elevator company's fault. Because they didn't have doors that closed all the way. Because yep. there was that sliver of light gets in. But they don't show that. You don't see that in the final movie. It must have been cut out. And so, like, thanks a lot, shoddy workmanship of the elevator that Superman rips out of the building. Maybe and that think, was the real. Uh, that's the real villain. You think Superman eye. would have welded it shut? And right. just, Christopher know. Reeves really eyes. had just a thing yeah. against that specific he elevator had a thing company. Against, that he was had a his thing message. against like, elevator unions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so those who do know, so Superman 
comic books and everything. Is Nuclear Man a part of the comic books? Is he go on to other movies? I do don't know it know? too well. I from what I've read that there's a lot of the things that are in this movie and in a lot of the other Superman movies that are taken directly from the comics. Like yeah. like Mariel Hemingway's character, um, Lacey Warfield. Uh, that character I don't think is necessarily in the comics, but there's also another um, character that like buys the Daily Planet. I believe it, her name is, it's not Brenda Starr, but it's something like that where she, you know, it's corporatizes the Daily Planet and she becomes a love interest of Clark's at some point. So a lot of the things that are taken here are maybe not the same exact name, but maybe nuclear man was a different iteration of another villain. So, yeah. so to speak. And there's so many versions now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Every so often they just reboot. Yeah. They just reboot I, Superman. You've got a whole different. I, I yeah. believe John Cryer was in the Supergirl TV show from what I imagine. I believe I, oh, I could be he? wrong. And I, that... I suspect it's because he was in in super this movie, not playing the same character. Cousin Luther. Yeah, I think he played Lex okay. Luthor, yeah. didn't he? I th- in oh, did Supergirl. He? I could be wrong, but I, I think don't. that's. I, don't a, know, I never watched. I I, I I don't know, but uh, my understanding is so they they pulled these things back together and and you know. Well, now that you mentioned it, you were like, "What happened to Lana Lang?" And she becomes Superman's mom in small in small. That's right. Mm. That's right. Yep. It's all one big circle. It, it is. is. So <laughs> I just want to kind of cl- ask again what, how you think this compared to Supergirl, your Supergirl experience, what your thoughts were in the movie, and kind of put those in perspective and see. Hmm. And then we can talk about whether it was bad or exceptionally bad. I missed – like I, I seriously wish that Jimmy would have just said something on screen yeah. to acknowledge that Supergirl, that he knows, hey, I met your cousin. Yeah. You know, anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were saying, I wish he said something on screen because he's not in it much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's really... said something on screen. To be screen, fair, like, period. neither really is like Lois Lane. Oh, like... she's, she's in it a lot more than she was yeah. in Superman 3. I'll tell you, she's yeah. got two scenes, Superman 3. There's not much of her at all, but in this, she was. Right, but I mean, I guess compared to 1 and 2. Right, like, oh, right. she really is just like barely she's a, background a plot character. device. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, she's like a non-character. I feel like Lacey has more impact mm-hmm. and she has reason almost for being. Yeah. Right, like in my mind, the only thing that that Lois does is that whole weird thing where he like uses her as a therapist and then right. rem- and then rem- removes her memory of it. Right, right? Yep. which is super weird. Right, yeah. Um especially considering all of their history, yeah. right? I thought it was going to be a moment of like, oh, he's finally recognizing. He's like, okay, Lois, I need you to know whatever. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, come full circle. No, he <laughs> uses his magic lips on her and does the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like between Supergirl and this one, I feel like Supergirl had a more complete story. It was more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely more fun to watch Supergirl. I, if I had to choose between the two, I'd watch. I Supergirl. would too, and I would yeah. definitely say the special effects. I mean, we even commented on this when we were watching the movie. Like a lot of the practical effect practical effects were really cool in Supergirl. The facial Maybe. lighting is much better in Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of believe that she can fly, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there That's was, true. Just, but in yeah, in this, it was just it was so bad. It 
I can forgive a lot of green screen stuff from yeah, the eighties, yeah. but it, like honestly, the stuff where it's like where he's flying one way and the background's flying another completely yeah. took me out of it. And I'm like, okay, obviously he's not flying. He's right. on the green screen. Yeah, but. when Supergirl flies out of the water and she does Doesn't... almost that aerial yeah, right, acrobatics. Yeah, it was totally it was fine. Yeah, was... other than that, she wasn't wet. Right. Well, come on, can't have everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she had her she hair, had a hair dryer didn't fall down, and she flipped around, and her her cape <laughs> kept stayed down the whole time. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, physics, physics. Physics is a construct. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's a comic book. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think between uh, Supergirl and this one? What are your uh, this thoughts? this movie kind of makes me sad when yeah. I watch it. <laughs> My first when I fought, watched it the first time, I remember feeling. I, I do remember watching the opening credits uh-huh. and just knowing what to expect from the Superman first movies, and the opening credits start and they're like these animated. Super cheap um, yes. knockoff credits that it, just don't look right at all. It's like those. Have you seen those internet memes where they have like they're comparing two things and the one has like very heroic music behind it, mm-hmm. and then they show the other thing and it's far crappy and it's played like on a song flu. It's like yes, right. It's like that, right? Yeah. I, I also remember the scene where they, where Clark and Lois are together, and he jumps off the, the, the building <laughs> with her, and how he, you know, he disappears, and then he comes up, pops up, and he's in his Superman costume with his glasses, and they're like supposed to fly off and be all romantic, and I just felt, I remember thinking how this was just an echo or a shadow of the magic from the first mm-hmm. one or maybe the second as well movies, but it just was not. And I like both Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve, but it just was not, it was missing something. The magic wasn't there. I guess maybe it's Richard Donner. I don't yeah. know, but um, it just seemed a little hollow in a lot of ways. And it just, in that way, it just made me sad for the franchise because yeah. this is really a horrible misstep in, in a lot of ways. It's just so I. Uh, there's a thing about Superman, and I don't know if I if we talked about this with Supergirl, but I personally am not a huge fan of Superman simply because he's so like indestructible. And when mm-hmm. you don't really have a real weakness, then there's like no feel of any threat. And I read an article somebody wrote uh, fairly recently, within the last few years, about. What would make a good Superman movie? And I think the points they made were so good. And what that is, is like, instead of telling Superman's story, you tell the story of the people around Superman. Uh, He's going to save everyone that he can. So you have to tell stories of people who maybe he won't be able to save. Mm. You know, there are some people, he can't save everyone, right? And so you have to tell stories uh, where there's a threat. You know, and this Superman, I never felt like there was really any threat. I mean, even when he was, uh, you know, geriatric. Yeah. Yeah. When he was old and and talking to his mom, Crystal, (laughs) I was like, I never thought that he was going to die or anything. Well, I mean, he saves the world from the nuclear holocaust. Yeah. So. Nuclear. Nuclear. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> he, so, nuclear. in that way, he does save everybody. 
Anyway. <laughs> and you already know my feelings about Supergirl. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I love it. So, yeah. but any other thoughts before we cast judgment? Nope. All right. Well, let's go around. Maybe I'll start with Nate. If you can give us a, what your thoughts on this movie. Okay, so let's see. I enjoyed watching this movie with you guys. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we Almost every movie we've watched has been fun together, so maybe it's kind of getting old to say that. Yeah. But I always feel like we have to preference it, because I'm like, would I watch this again uh, under different circumstances? Watching this movie made me think, maybe I need to go back and rewatch the first three Superman movies. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not as good as I remember them being. And I, it's hard to say because I'm like a foot and a half away from Bracken. And yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's holding his... You're welcome to borrow He's him. holding his box set threateningly. But yeah. like, uh, so, as far as this movie goes, like, you know, I, I, I think I would probably watch it again. I, I would say that it, uh, it hinges, like, it's like a conditional, exceptionally bad, like, I'm yeah. really on the fence... Like, like it definitely is bad. It is a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but would it be fun to watch with a group of people? Like, um, you know, if Bracken had it on at the party that he keeps talking about where he'd have from Justin to Kelly on in the background, like if this is the next movie in, the, in that loop, like I would, yeah, I would put, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to say it's condition. It's like a, it's like a soft, exceptionally bad for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like go all the way across, but. Right. I, I would probably watch it again for no other reason than to say, like, this is how you can cut Superman's hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you could use it uh, for your children if you ever homeschool them or something like that. You could use it for a physics lesson. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's perfect science class material. Yeah. That's right. Call I'll me s- Bob Roberts, PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Grounded in reality. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go next. Um I, I talked a lot of crap about this movie and it is a stupid movie, right? Like compared against everything else. And I will echo Nate's comments that I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, so I'm going to riff a little bit on what you said, where it is conditional. Would I recommend watching this alone? Probably not because it is, who are you gonna tell like unless you have like you know unless you also have like a mom crystal that you can snuggle and talk to um then it's like all of the funniness is gonna be lost on yeah. on everything right yeah. but, if you feel like you want to watch this alone call your therapist right yes <laughs> um but just like the absurdity of like his stupid powers and the stupid decisions they make and stupid nuclear man and all of his stupid powers um watching them with everybody else i would actually recommend i would actually highly recommend that you watch it with some friends hopefully that are uninitiated with the movie but are familiar enough with the franchise right Mm -hmm. to understand like just to see the furrowed brow and like Okay, so hold on. What is he doing right here? Did he just... Why is she frozen? Wait. Wait, she doesn't remember anything? Hold on. Did Clark just jump off of a building with her? Just to see those kinds of questions and then just smile and say, yep, yep, that That happened. happened. (laughs) I think is worth it. So, 
uh, I, I would put my stamp of approval on it for that reason. So I uh, will say that um, one thing that I realized during this, and maybe I knew it before, but I really think even in this version, in this film, I really prefer the Christopher Reeve style Superman over the current version of Superman. Uh, I like the kind of charmingly ridiculous Clark Kent and Superman is just a good person trying to do good things. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's just because that's who Superman is to me. And so even in this bad version, I liked watching Superman. Um, I, I think I'm more, uh, I'm not on the fence on this. I think it's exceptionally bad to me. Um, I think I would watch it alone and just laugh at it and just with your like, mom crystal with my mom crystal. And I was just thinking, you know, sometimes I like to make movie put props. Pull over. Yeah, I make movie props for fun and and put the process in my YouTube channel. Should I make a mom crystal? Yes, yes. yes. that would be the most boring. Absolutely, and Mother's that... Day is coming up, guys. Or you could do one with, cri- so with everyone Superman can make a mom crystal the crystal. for themselves. And then Someone's got to knit hour. a, yeah. a mom sweater. Yeah, too. a cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, no. Uh, I I just wondered when he was cuddling that mom crystal if if his mom's skeleton was sitting in a rocking chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Oh, anyway, I think it's exceptionally bad. I think that it is so hilariously bad. Um. And just the missing chunks out of the whole story. Right. And it's just like, hey, uh, you can argue. They're letting you fill in with your imagination. And man, your imagination <laughs> yeah. can fill in a lot <laughs> yeah. with what yeah. they've given you. So, uh, yeah, I'm exceptionally bad on this one. I am a big Alfred Hitchcock fan, but your film criticism, guys, of tying in psycho Norman Bates with Clark Kent is just wrong. Um Okay, so don't blame us. It's <laughs> <laughs> just there on the screen. Um, I didn't direct it. <laughs> all right, so I, I'm in, I, I'm appreciating your comments. I I do. I, I did say before that this when I first saw this movie, it made me kind of sad, and I think I was comparing it a lot to the movies beforehand and what hoping to it would live up to that. But if you take this movie by itself and the poor special effects and the <laughs> horrible plot devices and the twists and turns and just getting to watch Gene Hackman, this is an except. I mean, Gene Hackman's great. Don't get me wrong. This is an exceptionally bad movie. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I was kind of not sure what to go with this, but yeah, this is, this is fun. This is yeah. a good, this is a yeah. good one. The, uh, <laughs> take advantage of this. And, uh, there are, we have not talked about, I mean, we, we talked over it slightly, but just the premise of going to the UN and that everyone's on board with getting rid of their nuclear weapons, not everyone agrees with that. And this the storyline just seems to be this giant pipe dream of Christopher Reeves right. that the world will be a better place if we get rid of all the nuclear weapons and it'll just go ABC and that's all we have to, have to do. And everyone will wear their traditional clothing at the UN. Right. Yeah. You know whatever your political spectrum, this just wasn't, it wasn't discussed. It wasn't realistic in any way in this movie. This is a comic book movie. It's, it's not reality. Um, 
And he does save the cosmonauts at the beginning of the film. That's true. That's true. He's there's some, Russian. There is some good nature Which this there. This is Cold War era. That was a significant show of of like mm. that he was not an American hero. Yeah. Right. Right. He's a world hero, and well, he speaks all of their languages. Yes. He adjusted the American flag on the moon, but he also helped the Russians, and there was and the know, Italians he, at one point. Yes, and so yeah. But then so, also screwed over Earth by moving the moon. Well, I didn't he start the <laughs> He thing? never moved it back, did he? He did it. He just kind of flew on with this next <laughs> he thing. He came down and he's like, why is everything flooded? And why are all the cities destroyed? <laughs> why are our calendars all screwed up? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the Mayans were right. Where'd these mountains come from? And Lois Lane doesn't remember anything. <laughs> but didn't he start this whole cosmonaut problem by hitting that baseball? <laughs> I think that's what we decided. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, you should watch this movie and find out. It's fun and watch it with some some friends. And uh, there's there's plenty to to poke fun at and and have a good time. You won't be bored. It's you yeah. won't you won't. So. And after you watch it, tell us about it and tell us what you thought at uh, on our Instagram at exceptionally bad at our website exceptionallybad.com. Or just email us at theguys at exceptionallybad.com. Or if you're Twitter fans, go to exceptionallybad. And remember that this is the season of the sequel, so if you have any ideas for movies that you want us to watch, you better let us know, and we want to we hear your suggestions. But until next time, we'll be watching another sequel. Later. Don't kiss Clark Kent. Bad movies with your friends. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?